Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas. Watching a sinkhole swallow eight priceless sports cars. Cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a new broadband network will deliver the internet to 40 million people in Mexico. Bitcoin is soaring. Here's why it's not ready for the big time. By Tom Simonite. To the moon! The phrase is the battle cry of true believers in cryptocurrency Bitcoin and charts of its price in recent weeks point directly heavenward. Yet beyond a batch of newly minted crypto millionaires, the digital asset's recent bull run has also exposed long-standing weakness in the underlying technology that could crimp Bitcoin's long-term viability. Bitcoin was a gift to the world from Satoshi Nakamoto, a pseudonymous person or persons who laid out the design in a 2008 white paper. The paper complained that conventional financial institutions create unnecessary friction. Banks and other mediators pass on costs as transaction fees that make small, casual transactions impractical. Nakamoto said Bitcoin could change that by employing a peer-to-peer network backed by unbreakable math to verify transactions, removing the need for centralized institutions. The paper doesn't use the term, but it's a clear reference to the concept of micropayments, the idea that very small digital payments could change the economics of the internet or help people in the developing world. Nine years later, Nakamoto's invention has been immensely successful. A single Bitcoin will set you back more than $17,500. The price has risen 17-fold since January. But the currency has not introduced a new era of economic enlightenment greased with tiny transactions. Why not? The currency Nakamoto invented to avoid transaction fees has a problem with transaction fees, among other things. Participants in Bitcoin transactions pay fees to assure that the global network of computers that manage the currency will process the transaction. 
Tuesday afternoon, Eastern Time, it cost around $19 to have a transaction processed in 10 minutes. By one estimate, paying a smaller fee of $3 would leave your transaction taking an estimated 24 hours. Paying a friend for pizza? Stick to Venmo. Video game marketplace Steam stopped accepting Bitcoin last week, citing high fees. Eric Norland, senior economist at derivatives market company CME Group, said early this month that high fees could be the thing that brings Bitcoin's current rally to a halt. Bitcoin's transaction fees are so high because the peer to peer network that powers the currency has very limited capacity by the standards of modern digital infrastructure. Eamon Gunsir, a Cornell professor who has studied Bitcoin's design, estimates that at best, the Bitcoin network could process seven transactions per second. But typically achieves 3.3. Visa reports processing 29.2 billion transactions in the three months through September, a rate of 317 million a day, or 3,674 a second. Blockchain entrepreneur Preeti Kasareddy, who previously worked at Goldman Sachs and VC firm Andreessen Horowitz, recently wrote a detailed post cautioning of the technical limitations of Bitcoin and related systems. She says the underlying technology of what are dubbed blockchains is wholly unready for widespread use. To make anything mainstream, you have to make it scalable, she says. Bitcoin transactions are powered by people who set up shop as miners, running software originally designed by Nakamoto that creates the network that does the work of processing transactions. Bitcoin's capacity is set by the frequency with which miners add new batches of confirmed transactions to Bitcoin's digital ledger, or blockchain, currently every 10 minutes, and the way the Bitcoin protocol routes data through its network. The bottleneck is deeply ingrained into the system's current design. Sir and one of his grad students have built software that takes the pulse of the Bitcoin network distributed across the globe. During 2016, their measurements show that the physical infrastructure underlying the Bitcoin network grew about 70% faster, thanks to upgraded computers and telecom networks. Yet the Bitcoin network could process roughly the same number of transactions. That's a strange thing, says Sir. The network underneath is getting faster, but the protocol is unable to make use of that. Scaling problems have also been dragging on the second largest cryptocurrency system, Ethereum, recently. A trading game in which players buy and breed virtual cats called CryptoKitties exploded in popularity this month. The rush of activity caused transaction fees on the platform and the number of transactions waiting to process to jump. Cryptocurrency aficionados have ideas for making these networks more scalable. In August, a group of people worried about capacity split off a new currency, Bitcoin Cash. It's up three times since its debut at around $1,600, but still receives much less attention than the original Bitcoin. Sir and Cornell colleague Ite Eel devised a design called Bitcoin NG in 2015. It has been adopted by a startup called Waves that says its system can handle thousands of transactions per second. None of these alternative currencies looks to seriously challenge Bitcoin's market share among the cryptocurrency curious anytime soon. And some investors who got rich in the recent rally argue that it doesn't need to scale up greatly anyway. They spin Bitcoin as a store of value, something like gold rather than a currency as Nakamoto described. Others, including Warren Buffett, have countered that a lack of underlying usefulness is a terminal problem. Goldman Sachs CEO recently said that Bitcoin is too volatile to be a good store of value. Some Bitcoin devotees who help maintain the currency's network and code are thinking about ways to scale and achieve Nakamoto's original vision. 
but Cassaretti cautions that there are no technically proven options implemented at scale. Even if there were, Bitcoin lacks a clear mechanism for implementing upgrades thanks to Nakamoto's decentralized design. There's no real governance process, she says. There's a lot more to Bitcoin than just the price. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how this broadband network will change millions of lives in Mexico right now. 40 million people in Mexico do not have access to the internet. Our company, Altanredes, is building a network that will connect them to the world. Chubb wrote insurance policies that gave the Mexican government, our investors, and partners the confidence they needed to make this happen. They also cover our construction risk, damage to the network, and environmental exposure. For a project this complex, Chubb was the one. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.